Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Friday, October 23rd. We begin with our weekly conversation with Mayor Nahed Nenshi. We speak with the mayor about the record-breaking number of COVID-19 cases we've seen in the province this week and the impact another lockdown would have on local businesses. Next, we hear about a new online resource designed to help protect Albertans from investment scams. We get details from the Alberta Securities Commission on the Fraudsters Playbook. It's Small Business Week across Canada. We catch up with the Better Business Bureau for suggestions on how to best support homegrown businesses businesses during the pandemic. And finally, Borat is back. Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes has suggestions to keep us entertained on a chilly weekend, including the new Sasha Baron Cohen Borat sequel. It is 8.12 now and updated numbers from Dr. Dina Hinshaw yesterday show more than 400 new COVID cases in Alberta over the past 24 hours with more than 1,200 active cases in the Calgary zone. So how worried is the mayor? We say good morning to Mayor Nahed Nenshi to find out. Happy Friday, Mayor. Good morning. Uh, happy Friday. Happy weekend to everybody. Thanks for joining us. Obviously, these numbers are a concern, and you have been quite adamant that we should all be downloading that national tracing app. So for those who've been hesitant to do it, why do you think it's so important? Well, we should be downloading it once the Alberta government signs off on it. Um, only Alberta and British Columbia have not agreed to it. But as the numbers get bigger, you know, I've said this many, many times, nobody wants to go back into a lockdown. So we have to use every other tool at our disposal to keep that curve flat again. And uh, one of them really is contact tracing. As these numbers get bigger and bigger, we're getting more and more cases that have no uh, identifiable cause. That means someone picked it up, you know, on the street in the grocery store on the bus, right? And if people have uh, this app, that means that anonymously you can get an alert that someone near you uh, who spent more than 15 minutes near you, has tested positive, uh, and that can encourage you to go get tested yourself. Well, let's talk about the fact that, you know, uh, people have been saying, well, this is due to Thanksgiving weekend and uh, going to show that people did not socially distance or stay within their cohorts during Thanksgiving Day weekend. But I think it's it, it, it's much bigger than that with these numbers, and uh, you can hear it in uh, in your voice, your concern. Yeah, well, you know, we have more numbers now than we did at the height of the lockdown. There are more sick people now than there were in April and May. Uh, This is the record. This is really bad because if we don't want to go back to a lockdown, and we don't, um, it really means that we've got to take responsibility. The other thing is there are some people, you know, for whom they don't have much choice. Their job is such that they have to work or it's difficult to um, have social distancing. They're performing an essential service. So, When we're looking at those optional activities, and I'm highlighting the word optional, you know, we got to be responsible about it because it's infuriating. You know, when I hear a story like I heard this week of a Thanksgiving dinner where one of the attendees had tested positive, but didn't want to miss their turkey. And that ended up causing a huge outbreak at a local school um, because the grandkids all go to school. And this is the sort of thing that it's ridiculous. You know, we got to look after others in all of this. You know, a very, very right wing friend of mine uh, posted something on Facebook where he said, you know, I'm shocked because I heard someone on the radio say, why is it my responsibility to look after others and not just me? And we were reminded that uh, Margaret Mead, the anthropologist, said the first sign of human civilization was a broken thigh bone that was found in a dig that had been healed. And her point was that in the animal kingdom, if you break your thigh bone, you're dead. You can't get to the water to drink. You're, uh, you're going to be victim to prey. You're going to be prey for predators. 
And she said the fact that someone bound up this bone, carried the person to safety, and, and looked after them until they were healed is actually what civilization means. And so at this point, we got to remember what civilization means and look after one another. We are all in it together for sure. Are there, we get this question a lot from Texas, are there any definite markers that could lead to a step backwards in terms of what stays open and what closes? Or is this sort of just, you know, as we see the numbers fluctuate? You know, that's a really interesting question because the premier uh, has said some actually kind of troubling things. And by the way, I checked with him. He's okay. He's in isolation, but he's not feeling any symptoms at the moment. Um, and we're all obviously thinking of him as well. But he said some sort of troubling things in the last few days where he said, you know, this will only go away if there's a vaccine or infection in the community, you know, herd immunity, which we know we don't think works uh, for COVID. So that was sort of a strange thing to say. And he also, you know, made it clear that he's not interested in any further restrictions. Of course, none of us are. But I have to remind the provincial government, they do have a plan. They have a plan with different phases in it. And when you get to certain triggers, you have to look at going backwards in those phases unless they've chosen to abandon the plan without telling us yet. So I just think we have to be very, very vigilant. But as I said many times, you know, I was asked yesterday, are you tired? You know, some people have COVID fatigue. Do you have tired of, are you tired of COVID lecture fatigue? I was like, no. Although sometimes I feel like a doll with a string that you just pull and it says <laughs> clean hands, clear heads, open hearts, right? <laughs> I've got to remind everybody that the, the future of this is in our own hands. We control the pandemic through our actions, not through government policy. And all that stuff about clean hygiene, uh, good hygiene, clean hands, coughing to your sleeve, uh, physical distancing, six feet, three me- uh, or six feet, two meters, an Andy and a half apart, 36 mini donuts apart, and wear a mask whenever you can. Those things are the things that really make a difference. Um, I'm wondering if you, you have a couple more minutes for us, Mayor, if we can go to quick commercial and uh, keep sure. Good stuff. 819 on the morning news and uh, more time here with Mayor Nahad Nenshi, our weekly uh, catch-up. Thank you for uh, spending some more time with us. I'm oh, very happy to you. Um, uh, earlier this week, we spoke about the... the, the the mess on McLeod Trail, if you will, when it comes to business closures from Humpty's, Tim Hortons, uh, Stetson Village Inn, Ranchman's, Moxie's, Jack Astor's, Shanks, businesses shuttered. So uh, to that point, when these small businesses are already, you know, begging for some more support, what it would mean to uh, Calgary businesses, particularly the small ones, if we had more restrictions in place? It would be so bad. You know, these a lot of these folks are hanging on uh, by a thread and... You know, we've, we've done as much as we can. Well, we've done a lot, so there's always more. But we've done a lot to be able to get these people through. But ultimately, what is going to get them through is customers, is business. And so we want to make sure that we are not putting more restrictions on businesses unless it's absolutely necessary. But again, individual responsibility. But I will encourage everybody, you know, again, I sound like I did back in May. Even if you are not comfortable going to a restaurant and... You know, this weekend, maybe my brilliant idea of winter patios, this is one of those weekends where eh, it might not work, <laughs> uh, but it will work again next week. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, order takeout. Uh, and the one thing I should remind people of is when you're ordering takeout or delivery, if you have the means to do so, call the restaurant first and just see what their preferred um, their preferred methodology is. Because a lot of those apps are just very expensive for the restaurants and they lose money on each order. And let's just try and keep them going as best we can. And on that note, I mean, there's a story that came out today that small businesses need more support and are asking uh, for municipal help. Is that even 
possible with the state of the finances of the city of Calgary? Well, the finances are tough. Um, ultimately, our job is to look after people, even if uh, that's not great for our finances. But the challenge is that we've done pretty much uh, everything we can do uh, in terms of waiving fees, uh, reducing the penalty on unpaid taxes, and so on and so on uh, for these businesses. What they really need now, I understand, as I talk to a lot of folks, is they need a better federal rent relief program. Uh, and I understand that the previous program that tried to share the risk between the landlords and the tenants. A lot of landlords just weren't willing to play. They would rather kick their tenants out, which is a horrible thing. Um, but uh, that rent relief, I think, is probably the most critical thing governments can do right now, as well as the continuation of the emergency wage subsidy. Thanks so much for your time this uh, morning, Mayor, and uh, keep warm and have a good weekend. Thank you all. Great weekend, everybody, and stay warm and stay safe. That is Mayor Nahed Nechi. 609 now, and Albertans are often told about the red flags of fraud, but have trouble seeing exactly how investment fraud could show up in their own lives. So to shine the light on some of the tactics that fraudsters use, we're joined by Hillary McMeekin, Director of Communications and Investor Education with the Alberta Securities Commission. Good morning, Hillary. Good morning. Thanks so Thank much for, for joining us. Thanks for joining okay. us. It's always a great topic because we all think we can figure these things out on our own. We can spot them from a mile away. And in fact, mm-hmm. I know from your own research, we've talked about this, that most victims say they just never thought it could ever happen to them. But it exactly. does, right? Yes. Yeah, it really does. Regardless of age and, and your investment knowledge or your level of wealth, fraudsters are really slick at applying their playbook strategy to anyone uh, whose trust they want to win. So, uh, you know, they they take the steps they do and, and most of us, are just so surprised that they do, which is why we created what we're calling the Fraudster's Playbook. Uh, I mean, it's titled Don't Be Fooled by Fraud, uh, but that's why we created it, because we wanted to share we wanted to share our knowledge with Albertans so that they can start to identify the things that we see and also um, take the steps to protect themselves. Hillary, can you give us a profile of, of, of who gets scammed? Is it a fairly wide net? Mm-hmm. Absolutely wide. Honestly, um, it's, I mean, absolutely, unfortunately, seniors are often victimized Mm -hmm. because I think fraudsters are aware of, you know, they've saved their money. They've got, they've got assets. They've got, you know, they've got their retirement savings usually. So they're, they're quite often targeted, but you know what? We see it across the spectrum. We see young people uh, in their 30s and 40s. We see uh, people in their 50s and 60s nearing, nearing retirement. And then we see seniors right across the board. So can you break down, Hillary, a little bit for us, this fraudster's playbook that the Alberta <laughs> Securities Commission has put together and, and kind of what it looks like if we go online to check things out? Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it is really easy to find on our website, checkfirst.ca. But the steps, um, it, it, the steps really quickly, um, you know, the first step, identify... Fraudster identifies potential victims for the scam and how they do that. Um, and then they befriend and earn trust. They drop hints and showcase what an amazing investment opportunity this is. You just got to get in on it. They offer the investment opportunity and you either take it or you don't. You receive some money back from your investment and then all of a sudden they disappear. We call it the ghosting act. And then at some time later, they, they appear again on what we call the Recovery Act, because they come back to say that you they can help you get your money back for a fee. 
which sounds crazy, but but this happens all the time. So these scammers, I'm wondering if there are new ones, uh, you know, uh, coming um, out of the woodwork on a, a regular basis, or if, if these are the same players behind these scams. Mm, that's a great question. Um, uh, we see new. I mean, unfortunately, um, we are seeing new ones coming out of the woodwork, particularly right now. Um, you know, quite often scam artists target us when we're our most vulnerable. Somehow they manage to figure that yeah. out. Which is partially the information they get is they start to befriend you and earn your trust. Um, but they love to target when we're our, at our most vulnerable. And that's, that's at times like these, right, where our, our economy's down and the pandemic is is affecting all of us. And uh, so we, uh, our enforcement division is seeing a real uptick in, um, in activity. Uh, so, so it really is, um, it really is all the time, but, but certainly right now um, we're seeing more activity. Hillary, as part of winning this battle, would you say just learning more about our money, where it is, about investment and in investing, but kind of on a basic level? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Um, even just spending time paying attention to our investments is important because, I mean, the playbook is, is a great tool and, it's, and we create it as a resource. But, but really, one of the things that we constantly work with people on is just understanding the fundamentals of their investments and taking the time to have com- the conversation with your advisor on what's what's appropriate for you given your goals. Uh, it, it really is just, I mean, we all do so much homework uh, with so many other things, whether mm-hmm. we're gonna buy a new appliance or whether, you know, and we can, when we go on, when we can go on vacations again, we put, we often put thought into that. Um, it, it's really just putting that same level of thought into our investments. I'm wondering, is this uh, typically just online or is there a face-to-face component that these scammers use? Oh. Oh, absolutely! Face to face. One of the one of the um, biggest areas of fraud that we see is what we call affinity or friend fraud. So, a, a, a scam artist will actually infiltrate a community, uh, a social network, whether it's a, a social club or um, uh, areas of faith. They they infiltrate the community and actually start to befriend people, and they take their time, right? They they get to know people, and then those people um, introduce them to new people unknowingly, right? Not knowing that they're a fraudster because they really and that's one of the design components, by the way, of our playbook is they don't they look like you and I, right? Mm-hmm. They they you don't know what their what their motives are necessarily. So it's really important to just do your own homework. No matter who introduces you to this individual, um, just just beware and and do your own homework before you take a step to make an investment of any kind. And I think too, would you agree that you know just talking to people in our lives as well, if if we want to do the research and the homework as we're talking about, that's great. And then share that information with maybe the seniors in our world, maybe our parents or, or our kids for that matter. Yes, and encourage them to have conversations with us. Right. Let's talk about these things. Like when we hear about something, let's have a conversation about it. Um, and and if there's you know there's ways that we can help each other to grow our knowledge. It's certainly. I mean, I think for so many years it's been something that we don't tend to talk about. And yet, because of the digital environment, more people are doing things online. 
um, I think we've forgotten that we have that opportunity to talk with our friends and family and share the information that we're learning and and protect each other, really. Wow, incredible. And it uh, does sound much more intricate than I expected. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Hillary. Oh, thanks so much for having me. That is Hillary McMeekin, Director of Communications and Investor Education with the Alberta Securities Commission. You can find out more online, as Hillary mentioned, checkfirst.ca. Uh, can you imagine the time it would take to infiltrate a community or an organization, Sue? <laughs> but if you can scam multiple people out of, and, you know, what could potentially be millions of dollars, that's where scammers would take their time to do that, right? Yeah, that's not 50, 100 bucks or even $1,000. This sounds very deep. And I like the way they've broken it down into those seven steps uh, it's 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 insightful, but at the same time, horrifying. It is. Go to that website, checkfirst.ca. They've got great information there. They've got that fraudster's playbook. You can do some little quizzes and so on. Just, you know, increase your own knowledge. It's never a bad thing, right? 849 on the morning news. It is Small Business Week across Canada, and the BBB is encouraging consumers to make a special effort to shop small and support our local entrepreneurs. What is the best way to do this and be more of a support? We are joined by communication specialist with BBB, serving Southern Alberta and East Kootenai, Shauna K. Thomas. Good morning to you, Shauna K. Good morning, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Well, it's easy to say shop local, uh, but the difference that it makes, these are our neighbors and our families and our friends. Tell us how important it is to, to give them a shot uh, during this time. It's very important to shop local during this time. Um, it will create a huge impact on those businesses that are in our community, that helps our community to, to grow. It, it provides jobs. Um, and these businesses have pivoted over the last few months to keep some people on staff. They've changed the services that they're offering just to make sure they're still supporting the community. So I think that the least we can do is to support them as they pivot and try to, to navigate these times. Is there more than just, you know, you know, shouting to the rafters every chance we get, shop local, buy local? What can we literally do other than, you know, walking in their front doors? So, you know, when we when we, we go into their front doors, we can do that. Um, also, when we are on social media, we friend these businesses. If we've supported them, let others know that we've supported them. Um, and it, it, it's coming around Christmas time you now as well. So while you're looking for gifts, you know, many people are going online. But some of these businesses also have products online. So see what local businesses in your community are online um, and visit those businesses that, that are there and they have the, the, the products and the services that you're looking to get. Um, while you're shopping as well, don't forget our local restaurants. Um, they have takeout services if you don't want to go and dine in. And those are also great places to have those comfort food that we may be needing at this time when it gets so cold um, during these months. So local restaurants, local stores, you can shop online, you can walk in, um, you can celebrate with friends. And, you know, many of them are also offering gift cards that you can get to send to family members and send to friends in the community as well. That's a good point because it's not quite even Halloween yet, but thinking ahead toward Christmas, you're thinking, well, I don't really need much right now. This is the time to get that Christmas shopping done and perhaps with the gift card. Yes, this is the time to start that shopping, and it's great to do so with our local businesses. You know, it, it builds that kind of connection um, with us and with the, with the local community, and it helps these businesses also to thrive and to continue to provide the jobs and the services that are important for our community. And I mean, money's tight for a lot of people, but if you sign up for email alerts from a lot of these small businesses too, you find out if maybe you've got sales or specials coming on as we head towards the holidays. 
Yeah, we know, you know, businesses are struggling, but consumers are also struggling too. Um, but there are great deals that many of them are offering. And the best way to know about this is to sign up for their email. So check with businesses that you're already um, doing business with, that you're already already shopping with, and see if they have an email system. And social media, as I mentioned, is a great way to support them without, you know, um, necessarily spending because you may have supported them in the past you can let others on social media know you can leave a review on bbb.org for that business so others know that this is a business that it's good to, to shop with thanks so much for your time this morning shauna k thanks for having me that's shauna k thomas communication specialist with bbb serving southern alberta and east kootenay it is friday it's a snowy friday so maybe this will be a stay at home weekend and watch well, something on the TV screen. We've got a new opening on Amazon Prime and joining us this morning, as always on Fridays, is Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes. Hi, Brett. Hey, hey, how are you guys? Excellent. Thank you for joining us. I, I know this one's already uh, creating controversy because he's causing trouble and he does everywhere he goes. That's right. That's what he does. Sasha Baron Cohen is back as Borat. And here's a clip of this movie with a really long title, which I'll get to in a second. <laughs> I released a movie film which brought great shame to Kazakhstan. But now I was instructed to return to Yankee land to carry out secret mission. I go to America! So it was just under a month ago where Sasha Baron Cohen surprised everyone when he revealed that he'd quietly filmed and produced a sequel to his 2006 smash hit Borat, or by its full name, Borat Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. <laughs> um, and, in, and then it was, the movie was coming out on Amazon Prime Video at the, near the end of October. So you may remember in that movie, he went across the United States using this Borat character to mock some of the sillier sides of the States and to showcase some of its much darker sides. And it was all to genius and hilarious effect. I mean, that's subjective, of course. A lot of people hated it, but I loved that movie. Uh, now here we are 14 years later, and we've got Borat 2, or by its full name, Borat's subsequent movie film, Delivery of Prodigious Bribe to American <laughs> Regime for Benefit Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. <laughs> and uh, it's getting pretty solid reviews. It's at 83% this morning on Rotten Tomatoes. And indeed, he's, uh, you know, caught Rudy Giuliani in a compromising position. Uh -huh. And the, the summary on uh, Rotten Tomatoes points to the fact that Borat continues to be a great way to showcase some of the more interesting sides of the United States and some of its outright repugnant sides. So especially as we're heading into an election um, not far away in the United States, maybe now we need Borat more than ever. So, well, I think, yeah, I'm excited. Man. I'm going to go home and watch that today. <laughs> I think to your point, I mean, it's been 14 years, so he's not doing these films back-to-back -back so we don't get bored of them. And you've got to look at these movies and how much work he puts in to pull the wool over these people's eyes because you think people know who he was, but he really has a, a crack <laughs> team together, I would think, because it's brilliant. Well, and one of the things, too, and I, you, I, I often wonder how much of this is staged and how much is legitimate, but pe people know who Borat is now. In 2006, he was able to get away with this, but in this, there are parts of the movie where he has to disguise himself because people know who Borat is, uh, but he is 
a genius with these interviews that he does because he has sort of a, a goal in mind and you can tell he's got a goal in mind and it's like a chess match where he quietly leads them right into the <laughs> the bottomless pit and uh, they just walk the plank so uh yeah i'm excited and i think the fact that it's 14 years later probably is why people are excited about this because there was a time in 2007 2008 where everyone was tired of yeah. hearing people talk like Bora because everybody was talking saying yeah Jamesh and what we want my wife so yeah I guess you're going to hear that again <laughs> okay well Borat on Amazon Prime so that's an option and Halloween is just what a, almost a week away so we've got some great theater offerings too if you want to check out something about the uh, the scare factor yeah, there are a whole bunch of Halloween classics uh, hitting theaters once again. Scream, back on the big screen. Hotel Transylvania, A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, the recent Adams Family uh, rendition, Monster House, Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, and The Conjuring, Goosebumps, which is a lot of fun, mm. uh, Monsters, Inc., and The Lost Boys. So lots of uh, Halloween movies to pick from. And for all ages, you got the Transylvania thrown in there, as you mentioned. I'm wondering, though, do you have a favorite throwback Halloween movie uh, that you can share with us, Brett? I do. It's from 1985, I believe. It's a movie called Fright Night. And it's uh, it's about a, a teenager who realizes a vampire has moved in next door and he's trying to expose him and kill him. But of course, no one believes him. They're like, vampire, get out of here, man. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it scared the daylights out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> when I watch it now, it's just kind of funny, but it's uh, a sentimental favorite for sure. Awesome. So lots of options uh, if you like to get scared or if you just like to laugh, Borat's out there. Thanks so much for joining us, Brett. Have a great weekend. All right, guys, you too. That is Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes.